You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Ephesians 3 tonight. We will... Uh, well, I keep saying every week we're going to finish Ephesians 3, but uh, we're, we're getting down to the end. This... this, this Prayer has been such a blessing and a challenge to me uh, for many years. Um, and we'll begin reading this prayer once again to where right before he begin, goes into prayer, but in verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 3, he says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that He would grant you according to his to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. And we spent a whole uh, Wednesday on that, emphasizing the inner man and the strengthening of the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. That was last week's uh, emphasis. Uh, then it continues on, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And then he goes into kind of a doxology, a praise, and says, Now, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And so this is kind of the conclusion of the section to where he's emphasizing our wealth in Christ. And so it's being concluded with this prayer, I believe for each of us, uh, specifically for this time for the Ephesians, but it's for each of us uh, a prayer that we will be able to get a hold of what we have in Christ. Uh, and that, that's his prayer, strengthening the inner man, being rooted and grounded in love, uh, comprehending uh, the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, knowing the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And as he goes through this prayer, it's he, he kind of goes through a progression, I believe, here as he talks about uh, these the, the empowerment that he gives us here. He begins with the prayer for the inner man, that spiritual uh, realization, that spiritual strength. Then he goes on from that spiritual strength to spiritual depth and height. Uh, and then where it all leads to is knowing the knowledge of the love of Christ. Uh, knowing something that passes knowledge. That's uh, I love that because how can we know something that passes knowledge? We can know it only through the inner man. Only through the Spirit. God's Spirit working in our spirit is how we're able to know the love of God. And so uh, empowered in the inner man. Folks, our life, the life that God would have us to live cannot be lived in our own strength or ability. God does not come to seek out a bunch of people that says, well, boy, I think they'll be able to pull it off. And boy, they're so smart. They'll figure it out. And, and she is so determined. She'll be able to keep on going. That's not the way God works. God knows. And the Bible says, I love what the Bible, the psalmist says, that he remembers that we are dust. <laughs> I mean, God knows who we are. He knows we're just all a bunch of sinners saved by grace. And He wants us to understand that. That it's not in our own strength or ability. It's in Him. And th th this wealth that He has, we uh, talked about the adoption 
uh, uh, on Sunday, the adoption that gives every child of God, everyone that is born into the family of God, everyone that is born again, is then turn, in turn immediately adopted into the family of God. Amen. Which gives every child of God full rights to their inheritance. Full rights, full access to all the riches that God has for them. And so, uh, man, it's not about big eyes and little U's and some Christians that are on this level and some that are on that level. Folks, our, uh, where we are at with God really depends on us. Because God, there's no question where God wants us to be. Look what God did moving toward us. And we talked about that a little bit uh, last week as well. Uh, the, the steps that He took toward us. His love for us. His care for us. And so the, the prayer here is that we'll understand that. And that we'll see His pursuit of us. And that it's not about us. It's about Him. It's about what He can do in our lives to help somebody else. Uh, I, I, I remember I was just thinking about this uh, as I was sitting there. I was remembering whenever Joshua was about to lead the children of Israel uh, across Jordan and how that uh, every Israelite, uh, the, the, the ark up to that point, the ark of the covenant stayed in the midst of the camp of the children of Israel. Well, listen, if you're saved by the grace of God, you have the Holy Ghost of God in the midst. He dwells within each one of us if you're saved by God's grace. Uh, and so everyone who is saved has the Holy Spirit of God. Everybody who is saved has this wealth, this power, has everything that, that for every possible demand that you would ever meet and that I would ever meet. Uh, everything that we need, we have it right now. But for many, it's not the, the, the difference is in position, uh, not in possession. So in other words, up to that point before the children of Israel crossed into the abundant life, the promised land, uh, what did he say here? The fullness of God because that's kind of what the, that Canaan's land pictures. Uh, listen, now the Ark of the Covenant was out leading them. And so they had to follow and walk and follow in the way that the presence of God was going. And so the difference between victory uh, and defeat is not possession, but it's position. It's position. It's not the possession, but it's position. Where is Christ at in your life? What's the direction you're going? We can't walk our own way and then throw our hands up in the air when things fall apart and don't do well. We can't trust in our own abilities and strengths and then uh, get discouraged when it doesn't work out. Man, listen, the Bible still says to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct uh, thy paths. And so... Uh, so anyway, he, he, he goes on and talks about the strength. He talks about Christ since we, He's first in our lives. He's able to dwell with us or He's able to feel at home as we were looking at there um, last week, rooted and grounded in love. And then the last part of His uh, prayer is the apprehension. Apprehension. Uh, verses 18 and 19 says that we may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Man, if you know the love of Christ, you know something. Now again, the, the, the terms that are used here help us, help us understand that we miss things in our understanding sometimes. For one thing, in verse 17, he's praying to people that already have Christ within them that Christ may be able to dwell with them. 
And that doesn't, it's, it's, he's not saying that Christ isn't in them, but he's saying, is he at home there? Is he, is he comfortable in our lives? Is he in the right place in our lives? But now he's praying to know the love of Christ. Well, couldn't everyone that's a saint to whom he's addressing here in this book, to, for those of you here that are saved by God's grace, couldn't it be said that we all know the love of God? I think to some extent it could, right? If you're saved, you know the love of God. I mean, did He not come rescue you out of the pit of sin? Was it not the message of the fact that you, your realization that you were in sin, that you were lost, that you were without hope, that you were without uh, any type of uh, prospects outside of death and hell and a miserable life, that the, you, you heard about that, you realized that, uh, but the, I love the, the, love the old song, I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, uh, how He gave His life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about His groaning, of His precious blood's atoning and and uh and then i forgot the rest of it but anyway uh uh but but i know I, but but I, but but that gives us victory in him right so we heard about his love we heard about his grace um this is what i get when i don't put stuff in my notes you know but anyway uh we we know the love of god but apparently we are missing something about the love of god too because if we are not strengthened with his might in the inner man because this is a progression, this prayer. Are we rooted and grounded? Are we strengthened in the inner man? Uh, if so, we'll be able to comprehend the, the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ. See, we know the love of Christ in one sense, but I think sometimes we don't know the extent of the love of Christ. Matter of fact, I know we don't. I know we don't. And I want to get to that in just a second. But let's just think about this. Uh, he, he's wanting us to get a hold of God's love. The English words comprehend and apprehend both stem from the Latin word prehender. And you'll remember this. The first when, when I gave an overview of this prayer a few weeks ago, we talked about this. But prehender means to grasp. Uh, we say that a monkey has a prehensile tail or a, a possum has a... Has a um, uh, prehensile tail. It's able to grab and it's able to hang on. And how many of you want to hear the possum story again? I'm not going to tell it. If you didn't hear it, I'll uh, tell you later. But anyway, it holds on. It grasps. And I mean, just doesn't want to let go. And that's what God said. He, he's praying, I want you to get a hold of God's love and not let go. Because you're going to be shaken. And you're going to be, I mean, you're going to be uh, faced with all kinds of adverse circumstances. But I want you to hold on. I want you to hold on. And really, He's holding on to us. We're not holding on to salvation, don't get me wrong. But it's just getting a hold of the love of God. And, uh, and, and, I, and I'll say more about that love in just a minute. But get a hold of it. So, uh, comprehend carries the idea of mentally grasping something. He wants us to do that. But apprehend suggests laying hold of it and really making it your own. You know, if you really think about it, that's one of the things that I try to do here a lot of times, especially uh, when, I, when I'll stop and say, hey, I'm talking to you. Are you listening? I don't care if you're a kid. I don't care if you're older. I don't care uh, who you are. If you're here, I'm talking to you. Understand, you are to be and you can be. It's God's will for your life to get a hold of this, to be a strong Christian, to be living a successful life. I mean, to be able to have the blessings of God on your life. You are not destined for failure. You are destined for success. You are destined to be a conqueror. If only you could get a hold of that. 
Right? And that's what he's saying. I'm wanting you to apprehend it. I'm wanting you to comprehend it. So it's one thing to say, yeah, you know what? Wow. Not that we can truly comprehend the love of God, but just realizing that He loved me that much. But now he's saying, I want you to apprehend it. I want you to get a hold of this. Really make it your own. Folks, you've got to realize that God is talking to you. You've got to realize that the mighty hand of Almighty God, the hand that measured out the the seas on this earth, those are the hands that I'm in. That's the God that I belong to. That's the the omniscient, which is to say the all-knowing God. The omnipresent, which obviously means the the ever-present God. The omnipresent, the omniscient, and then also the omnipotent God, which is to say the all-powerful God. He's the one that loves me as an individual and you as an individual. And He applies these truths to you, to your family, and so that you can be and you should be Living a life that's making a difference. Uh, you should be living a life that's a life of victory. By the way, somebody says, man, I'm, I'm having a trouble living a, a life of victory. I've got so many battles. Well, that's how you get victories, right? Amen. Hard to have a victory if you don't have a battle. Yeah. Hard to be a conqueror if you don't have something to conquer. Some of us think that, that, that when things are going smooth sailing, oh man, God's blessing my life. All of a sudden, some troubled seas come along. Oh no, God quit blessing me now. I'm taking my praises back. My bad. I shouldn't have said that. I'm not praising God. Uh, Look what's going on now. No, listen. God's got a purpose, man. He's wanting to do something. Listen, while you're up on the deck, up panicking in the midst of a a storm that is beyond your control, like the disciples when they were out on the the sea and, and that storm blew up, and I'm telling you, man, those were experienced fishermen. And don't you know that when that storm first came up, and by the way, remember where Jesus was? He was asleep. He was asleep. And uh, uh, but listen, don't you know when that first storm first came up, I can just imagine Peter or John or, or one of them just saying, oh, it's okay, boys. I've seen them like this before. Yeah. You go over here and do this and you go do that. And I imagine at first they said, we got this. But after a while, they started figuring out, I don't have this. I don't have this. Uh, and listen, that's where some of you are, by the way, right now. I don't have this. I don't have this. But I want want you to know something. They went and Jesus was ready and waiting on them to call on Him. Hey, they knew where He was. They just had to go get Him. Amen? And you know where He's at. You just need to go get Him. And I tell you, if you're saved, He's right there with you. But you understand what I'm saying? Prayer is one of the key things about accessing this power and this love that we talked about. And I'm telling you, here He came and He stepped out on the, on, on the, he stepped out on the bow of that ship. And I mean, here's the storms ripping and a-roaring and, and, and boisterous and coming in from all directions. And He just simply says, Peace. Be still. And just like a little puppy dog, those white caps, I mean, coming up just laid down at the Savior's feet. And the sea was just like glass. And once again, what they see, wow, okay. What manner of, what manner of man is, is this that even the winds and the seas obey Him? But they got to see God work. And I'm telling you, God wants to step out on the, on the deck of your life. 
And He wants to con these things. But I'm telling you, it may get pretty rough before He steps out there and does it. But see, if you know the love of Christ, you know that He's not going to forsake you. You know that He's not going to say, leave me alone. You know that He is, is, is going to do something and accomplish a purpose in your life. And by the way, let me throw this out there uh, because I'm, I, I want to try to really emphasize this. Because there was something that happened and somebody uh, always... What God, God does a miracle in their life because it leads them to somebody else's life that because of what He did for them and what somebody else that does not know the Lord sees, He can do a miracle in their life as well. And, uh, and so, because uh, if I'm not getting my stories mixed up, that's the one where He was going over to uh, the, the country of the Gadarenes. Is that right? When He still the storm, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about Him walking on the water and then I'm thinking about Him stepping out on the bow of the ship. But in, in one of those stories, I hope it's mine because it would make my story better, but uh, He, whenever, whenever Jesus and them landed, listen, no doubt that there's a good possibility that man may have seen what had happened the night before. And I'm telling you, God uh, works in uh, our lives so that in turn, He can work in somebody else's life. Don't ever forget about that. Because if we're not careful, we can get into this modern day thing about being success successful, and I'm talking about as a Christian, you know, being a conqueror, being blessed, living the abundant life, and for, we forget sometimes why we're to live that life. Remember, uh, in, in, in uh, Romans, we've seen it in Romans chapter number 8, the emphasis on the Spirit of God. In John chapter number 7, uh, the Bible says on, in that day, in that day, that last day, the great day of the feast, that Jesus stood and said, "If any man thirst, let him uh, let him let him." Uh, well, I'm gonna go over there and read it, man. Can you edit podcast? All right, uh, John uh, seven thirty seven. All right, uh, John John seven. Verse 37, the Bible says, In that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. This is what I was looking for. Verse 38, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And I'm just saying that because there's a great truth in that work of the Holy Spirit. The reason sometimes we grow stagnant, polluted, bitter, it's because there's no water moving. Yeah. We, we take in these blessings and they sit there. We're not finding an outlet for those blessings. See, a river is supposed to keep on flowing. So God pours into our life. You know why He does it? So we can pour into somebody else's life. Yeah. And I'm telling you, what's been on my heart uh, for, an, uh, for a week or so now is, is, is what I believe ought to be at the heartbeat of this church. And that's just these two simple words. Uh, maybe you could add a couple more out of the book of Jude where the Bible says, and some have compassion, making a difference. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. But on some have compassion, making a difference. That's what God wants to do in your life. And I'm saying that to say it's not all about us. There's a flaw in modern day Christianity a lot of times because... They, they talk about how God wants to bless you, and He does, and how you're to be a conqueror, and you are. But it's not just so that you can say, hey, look at me, I'm a conqueror and I'm blessed. No, it's so you can do something to make a difference in somebody else's life. But first, you've got to get a hold of the love of God. Uh, get a hold of it. Grab hold of it. Make it your own. So the concern is that we lay hold on the vast expanses of the love of God. 
He wants us to live in four dimensions. When God gave the land to Abraham, He told him to walk through the land and the length and the breadth of it. Abraham Abraham had to step out by faith and claim his inheritance. We today have an inheritance in four dimensions. Not just length and breadth, but also depth and height. (laughs) Uh, I mean, listen, God's fourth dimension is love. It's love. I mean, listen, the the paradox of this passage, knowing the love of God which passeth knowledge, the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, listen, it's a paradox. But it just cannot be measured. It it parallels Ephesians 3 verse 8 where it talks about the unsearchable riches of Christ. Um, So that uh, we're so rich that our riches cannot be calculated even by the most sophisticated computer. And he's praying, get a hold of this. Now, we were talking about this the other day and it's it's just neat the way that God works. Uh, Jennifer was listening to the radio and she heard a a statement on the radio that really kind of got her attention. And she texted me and we talked about it some. And then uh, then the next day going into work, uh, we talked about it a little bit more. But just the, the, the statement was something along the lines of something you've heard me say in one form or another, and that's that nothing, that the devil cannot touch my life unless God, I usually say allows it. Uh, the terminology he used was just permit it. The devil, the devil can't even breathe his nasty breath on me. He or either his de- any of his demons without God's permission, Amen. without God allowing it. Uh, and you say, well, why would God ever allow? Well, you read in the Word of God, and you see that it's always to accomplish His purpose. But here's something I, I don't know much, but one thing I'm kind of figuring out about the love of God, about knowing the love of God, the love of God gets me to the point, knowing the love of God lets me know that even though I may not understand what I'm going through right now, I may not understand why I'm facing what I'm facing, But there's one thing I do know. I know that God loves me way too much for this to be any sort of cruelty. I know that my God loves me way too much for this to be unfair because I know the love of God. I know that uh, that He's not being cruel to me because He loves me. Even Even if He's chastening me, He's still a loving father. He's, he's not the daddy coming home swinging a belt everywhere and you know uh, you never know where it's going to land and he's just lost it. No. He's a loving father that his purpose is always to correct and to get us back in the right way so he can bless us again. He just wants to bless us. So if I know the love of God, then guess what? It sure does help me with my perspective in life. It helps me with the way I think. Why am I going through this? And then, then here again, going back to Jennifer's thing. Oh, it's the devil. It may be the devil. But guess what? There's only one way it could be the devil. If God let it be the devil. Oh, devil, I'll tell you what. Yeah, sure. But my God let me tell you what. He wouldn't. You, you go look. You go. I mean... He's talking about comprehending. He's talking about apprehending. Get in the book. Read it. Believe it. And look and say, you know what? That old devil is up to stuff all the time. I mean, here's the Apostle Paul. Let's talk about him for another minute. Let's remind ourselves where he's at. By the way, look at this. Where's he at, by the way? 
prison. All right? Chapter 4, verse 1. I'm probably not going to get into this. I was hoping to get introduce a little bit about this next section of Ephesians. But I, therefore, therefore, everything we've been talking about for however long here in Ephesians, therefore, the prisoner of Nero, the prisoner of Satan, man, he's got me locked up! The prisoner of Rome. That's the way Paul talked, by the way, when he got mad. <laughs> he had that accent. But uh, wait a second. The prisoner of the Lord? Oh, you see these chains? Those chains would rattle, and Paul could hear amazing grace playing when he rattled them. Now, that might not be so. Listen, it doesn't mean that it wasn't a tough, miserable place to be, but it kind of changes the perspective. So Paul went from the, the, the evangelist that's crossing the countryside, reaching everybody he can, and all of a sudden, Satan, you read 2 Corinthians chapter, you read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, you'll find out that he said, man, Satan was fighting against us. I wound up in prison. I got beaten. But I'm a prisoner of the Lord. So while I'm here, I might as well just keep doing the Lord's will. This is where God wants me right now. So you know what? I think I'll sit down and start writing. He didn't just think that. The Holy Spirit inspired him to write these letters that he wrote. These, these, this is the Word of God. But God used Paul to write them when? When he was in prison. Not when he was out running the countryside. I mean, he, he was in prison. He's the prisoner of the Lord. He's the prisoner of the Lord. It's about perspective, man. I don't understand the things that we face. I don't understand the pain. I'm not trying to make light of the pain. People misunderstand me sometimes. Oh, you're saying it must not hurt. You're saying it's not a burden. You're saying, I never said no such a thing. It hurts plenty. It's plenty hard. It's, it's beyond understanding. I don't get it. Well, I wish, I wish you could explain why this brother, Wesco, could surrender his life, travel the country with his family, raising money, dreaming of nothing, but reaching these precious souls of Cameroon with the Gospel. And I want you to explain to me why two weeks into him arriving there, that here he's dead. And there's his wife and eight kids. And man, they all look like they're under the age of 12. They look like they were all young. Uh, uh, but listen, uh, you explain that. I can't explain that. Oh, the devil got him. Well, maybe. But if he did, God let him. You say, explain that. I might not be able to explain it all. I know one thing. He's, he's got a martyr's crown. Amen. In heaven. I know that much. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, I, I, I know. I can't explain it all. But I know one thing. God loves him and that family way too much to do them wrong. Do you know that? Do you know that God loves you way, way too much to do you wrong? You know that God loves you way too much to hurt you? Now I'm talking about hurt you to where it's... I mean, He allows us to be hurt, but you know why? Because He's accomplishing something greater in our life. Yeah. You know, as we were talking about that the other day, I was trying to explain it by... I always try to think of it in the terms of children. Now, kids think they know more. A lot of times they think their parents aren't as... Uh, they think their parents are pretty dumb, right? Yeah. <laughs> kids, y'all can say amen. Don't know, don't. That's probably not a good idea. The kids think, man, y'all don't know. I mean, what in the world? But I tell you, there, there hadn't been too many kids that started growing up and started thinking, oh, maybe mom and dad weren't so dumb after all. I'm starting to make sense out of what they said here. And um, 
But one thing's for sure, and if you can't believe it, because even the teenagers that are here can, can agree that mom and dad know better than a two-year-old. I hope they can agree with that. Now, some of your moms and dads, you're thinking, I'll just maybe, maybe go a little younger, you know, but, but no better than a two-year-old. Let me ask you something. There's a pretty vast difference from a two-year-old's intellect and understanding of life and the world to a 30-year-old's. A 30-year-old parent or a 60-year-old grandparent or a 90-year-old uh, grandparent or great-grandparent. There's a vast difference. Of, uh, but let me, let me ask you this. What's, what, what is the level of separation between my understanding and an infinite God's understanding? That sees the end from the beginning? I mean, scientists are discovering stuff every single day that God always knew. Things that we still can't even process what this is, what's happening. The human body, the human body, is there, there's still discoveries coming with the human body that, to where scientists are like, wow. Totally in awe of what I mean. That just keeps getting deeper. Uh, the, the, the more technology goes, the more they're able to find. I'm t- from the very minutest detail to an ever-expanding universe. I mean, we think a two-year-old standing up to their parents and thinking. By golly, I ought to be able to touch this breakable thing or I I ought to be able to to wander off into the backyard or I ought to be able to do these things. We think that's foolish. How much foolish is it for us to think we know better than God? God knows. But here's the great thing. The point that I'm trying to drive home is this. Do you know the love of God? I mean... And I'm going to share this again soon, but but I've been talking about this principle a lot here lately, but... um, when you go over to the book of Romans, chapter number 8 and verse number 32, uh, well, I'll start with verse number 28, just because of the context. Uh, the Bible says in uh, Romans eight twenty-eight, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called of God, uh, uh, for them who, uh, who, who love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Not everything's good, but all things are working for good. Even anything that He allows to touch my life, even if it is the devil or His demons. Like He did Job, by the way, is the example, uh, a prime example. But the Bible says in verse 29, For whom He did foreknow, he, uh, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. What's that mean? That means that God saved me, He foreknew me, He predestined that I be conformed into the image of Christ, and He had a plan for how that would happen. And one of the ways that silver is going to be purified is it's going to go through the fire. One of the ways gold's going to be purified, it's going to go through the fire, right? There's a purifying process. So in order for us to be... That, a part of that predestination is the troubles and the trials and the different experiences, both good and bad, that we go through to help us to be conformed into the image of His Son. So, moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, him, them He also justified. And whom He justified, them He also glorified. What shall we say uh, to these things? If God be for us, this is, this is all together, listen to this. If God be for us, who can be against us? He, then this is the verse that I really wanted to get to in this about knowing the love of God. He that spared not His own Son 
but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Um, uh, then he goes on. Is it, uh, it is God that justifieth. Who is He that condemneth? By the way, the who in this passage is the devil, by the way. He would make the effort. But it is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. He's praying for us. Amen. He's praying for us. He's working for us. Verse 35. Now, who shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ? Again, we need to know this love because who shall be able to separate us from this love? Shall tribulation... Shall tribulation, you know, and that's another great picture, isn't it? That 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 the the that the word tribulation comes from the Latin word tribulum, and many of you are familiar with this. But they would uh, back, uh, they would take a, a big log and have uh, spikes and everything in this log, and they would they would drag, they would roll this log over the wheat. And, and this log, I mean, with the weight and the spikes, come crushing uh, this wheat. But what happens? What it's doing is it's separating the chaff. And it's leaving the wheat. It's taking that which is no good and that's not profitable for anything and it's leaving the wheat. That's, what, that's all tribulation is. There's a lot of... Hey, how many of us got some rough edges some some things that need to be worked out of our lives? That's what God's trying to do a lot of times. But so, so, so is there going to be tribulation that, that, that separates us from His love? Maybe distress. Or persecution, going to our missionary family. Or famine. Or nakedness. Or peril. Or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. In other words, it's rough. Nay. In, in, notice this. I don't know if you're over there or not, but if you are, you ought to circle that word in. Because I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it the way some people kind of treat it. Nay, in spite of all these things, we're more than conquerors through the Him that loved us. But if you was following along, I didn't read that quite right, did I? It doesn't say in spite of these things. It says, nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through Him that loved us. So Paul here knows the love of Christ. That's why in verse 38 he says, for I'm persuaded... That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, we're talking about demons and devils here, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height. Remember he's talking about knowing the height, the depth, and all that about the love of Christ. Therefore, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, which is to say nothing else that's ever been created, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in uh, Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, knowing the love of Christ... Uh, can make a difference in your life. Knowing the love of Christ can change your perspective. You may not know a lot, but 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 when you have questions, I want you to. There's one question I want you to remember to ask when while you're asking your questions. Does God love me? Because you ought to be able to answer that question. He loves me like crazy. He's crazy about you, and I'm sorry. You may not like the way I'm putting that, but. What's it take for somebody to give their son for me? Yeah, that's good. What's it take for Jesus to, to, to go through what He went through for me? Man, He loves me. Amen. He loves me way... He, he loves me that much? 
None of these things can separate me from that. In all these things, I can be a conqueror. I am a conqueror. And so are you. We just need to claim it. We need to grasp it. Yes. We need to claim it and make it. And I'm praying that I'm praying that somebody in here, because there's people looking at me like I'm talking crazy talk up here. But we need to, I'm praying that somebody in here tonight will get a hold of it, apprehend it, and make it their own. Amen. And I pray you'll hold on to it. Because guess what? The storm's coming. That tree's going to be shaken. That wind's going to blow. I mean, the distresses, the persecutions, the tribulations, they are coming. And you just need to hang on. Amen? Just hang on. And uh, uh, because knowing the love of Christ makes a difference. Now, there's no, there's no wonder while it goes from that, and, I, and, 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 and I'll just give these in conclusion, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be, be filled with all the fullness of God. That's the key, folks. Knowing the love of Christ. So if you struggle on this last part of this prayer... You're going to struggle to really... I mean, it's like touching home It's like touching home plate. You know? It's like getting on first and on second and on third and all that's great. But man, get all the way home. Bring it home. Get a hold of the fullness of God for your life. How are we going to do that? By knowing His love. Knowing that which is unknowable. Comprehending and apprehending that which, humanly speaking, we can't quite get, but spiritually speaking, we can. That's why Paul literally... It's just amazing. I just get a picture here because it starts off with the Apostle Paul. Just imagine, for this cause, verse 14, I bow my knees to the Lord Jesus Christ. Excuse me there, uh, Mr. Roman guard. As uh, uh, i got some praying to do. And he gets down and he's praying there because he's got a Roman guard chained to him as he, as he hits his knees. Then I can just imagine those chains rattling. Then I can imagine those chains rattling again when he gets to verse number 20. Because then I believe, I believe he goes from this. Then I believe he goes from this. And these chains go up. And I believe the hands go up. And he says, Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could, we could think or that we could ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us, what he's doing with the Holy Spirit, unto him be glory in the church by G by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Yeah. And amen. And so uh, even in chains, this man bore scars on his back and his body. This man, there, there, this could have been a, a, a time in, in his life to where he literally, you might could see the, the ribs of the Apostle Paul from, from not having proper nourishment and food. But you know what? He's not a prisoner of Nero. He's a prisoner of Christ. He knows the love of Christ. And so here he is, and there he's able to praise God. Well, that's Paul, folks. You know what? You're missing it. It is not about Paul. Who's it about? It's about Christ. You know the same Christ that Paul knew. Yes. The same Holy Ghost that empowered the Apostle Paul in that prison is the same Holy Ghost that lives in you right now. The same wealth that he had access to is the same wealth you have access to. You are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. And uh, so let's all stand and we'll be dismissed. Lord, I thank You so much. I thank You for Your faithfulness. I thank You for Your blessings. And 
I thank You for the power and the promises that You have to each of us, Lord. Now, as I preach these things, dear Lord, it'd be really easy for me to be disapproved, to be a castaway. Lord, because I am preaching truths that... Lord, honestly, the truths in and of themselves, they're not too hard to say. They're not too hard to kind of learn. They're not too hard to comprehend. They can be hard enough to comprehend, but, but now, Lord, You know, and I, and, and I confess to You before everyone right here now that I don't always apprehend these things. Lord, I, I mean, I struggle, God, just like anybody else does. But Lord, one thing I know is that I've seen You work. I've seen you come through. I've seen you help somebody like me. And God, I'm just, I've got so much confidence in you. And I know that if you could help me to apprehend some of these things, that you can help somebody here to, and everyone here to apprehend these things. And I pray you'll help us, God, to get a hold of your truth, to get a hold of your blessings. Miss Kim, if you'd come play softly on the piano, and I just want to give the opportunity tonight, Lord, help me to get a hold of it. Lord, help me to get a hold of it. I've challenged you on this before, but you know what? I had to, tonight. I had to. I had to for, ask for forgiveness before I ever got in this pulpit. You know that for failing to apprehend some of these things. I really did. You may, listen, we need to confess our sins, folks. We don't need to ignore our sins. We need to confess them. And if you're here tonight, and I'm telling you, man, you, you struggle with anxiety, you're a worrier, you consistently struggle with discouragement, doubt, being overcome by sin, what, and, and any other sin, I should say. You just need to you need to say right now, Lord, please forgive me. Forgive me. Help me to get a clean slate, Lord, a clean start. You know, kind of part of this is what it means to be able to bring every thought to the captivity of Christ. Watch what you're thinking. If your thinking is thinking contrary to the love of Christ, you, you can mark down. It really, really seems like God's being mean. It really, really seems like God's just turned the devil loose. And, and, I, and so, you know what's wrong with a lot of us, don't you? We know we deserve that. Yeah, we know good and well we deserve for God to forget about us. We know, we know good and well we deserve to be the one that God says, yeah, I think I'll just let the devil at him and forget it. You know, that dude... That lady, she just ain't going to get it. We know we deserve it, and that's one of the things we struggle with. That's good. That's really good. But you know what we need to do? We need to say, but you know what you said, Lord? You said, I'm precious to you. Amen. And you said, you'd never leave me nor forsake you. God, I want to get a hold of your love, even for somebody like me. So if when you start thinking thoughts that are contrary to the truth that you know, that which you've been able to comprehend, that's one of the ways we apprehend. is by saying, you know what, Lord? Forgive me for thinking that. I'm not going there. Lord, I thank you that you love me. Watch your thinking. Watch it. I'm serious. Control your thoughts. 
Control your thoughts. Make sure your thoughts, listen, the way I like to put it is run what you're thinking through the filter of God's Word. By the way, you might need to know God's Word if you're going to be able to do that, by the way. You might need to be in it regularly. So get in the Word. Filter your thinking and your thoughts through the truth of God's Word. Lord, help us once again, dear Lord. Help me, Lord. God, I'm a conqueror. But Lord, I don't always live like it, God. Pray to help me, dear Lord. And I thank you, God. You know, God, you know every weakness of mine and every other weakness. And you've got the power to make up for that, dear Lord. And, uh, and God, you need to also help us, dear Lord. And that's one of the things you're trying to do is get us to quit relying on our strengths, too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's quit relying on our strengths and just trust you, Lord. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.